Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your biz and mindset coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Wow. Can you believe that we've actually recorded episodes with people on our dream guest list from last year? Honestly, it's it's hard to believe. I think sometimes we, we're just in it. And then when I zoom back and look back, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe we just did that. You must be in an astrological heaven right now. <laughs> I am in heaven right now because even as a manifestation coach, I still feel I still feel so blessed and surprised even at what I'm able to manifest. I think that is the magic of being able to create your reality is that you see how powerful you are. You you surprise yourself. You surprise yourself and it's such a joy. So Gina and I, when we began recording this podcast, we came up with a list of twin commandments, rules Mm -hmm. that we would follow by and lead us as we continued on this journey. But we came up with our ideal dream guest list. And I want to say there was about 20 people off Mm -hmm. the top of our head. Mm -hmm. And we've interviewed now, including today's guest, Deborah Silverman. We've now included, I think it's been at least 10 of them, nine or 10 of them. I would say we've hit half the list. We've hit half the list. And we need to update the list, by the way. But it was insane to me when Deborah's team reached out to us because Mm -hmm. I was kind of waiting until I thought we were worthy of asking her. (laughs) Come on, because I know how busy she is. If you know anything about astrology, you have heard the name Deborah Silverman. And she is literally the woman who has given me so much peace, so much clarity, and truly an entire diff- an entirely new lens for looking at myself and the world. Mm-hmm. A whole new schema, if you will, for understanding what happens in the world. <laughs> and it's just, I really never, not, not that I never thought we'd get to talk to her. I just didn't think it would happen this soon. Well, I remember I was going to ask you because I know you were in her course and I was going to say, hey, do you think we could reach out to her and ask? And then I think the next day after I had that thought, we got an email from her team asking if she could be a guest on our podcast. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I screenshotted it to you immediately. Um, I sent it to you and I said, I was literally going to ask you yesterday if we could ask her to come on. And so we both just started freaking out. We did a TikTok live with Deborah, which was really, really Mm -hmm. fun. And uh, there's just so many synchronicities even between our charts, both of our charts and hers, um, which is also fun to uncover. It's so crazy because I I truly believe that with as many people that are on earth, it's so divine and sacred whenever you make a connection with someone, even if it's like someone at a coffee shop or a bank or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. And so to know that we now have this sacred tether to Deborah is so insane because I have been listening and devouring her work now for, I want to say five, five to six years. Mm-hmm. Like literally five to six years ago is when I started learning my chart, learning about the elements and diving into her work. And it was actually when I went to her website to request a reading from her that I learned very quickly that she has a two to three year wait list. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I'm I'm not prepared to actually wait that long. And so she has this incredible feature on her website where she will pair you with one of her trained astrologers based on your birth chart. 
Mm-hmm. So based on the elemental distribution that your chart holds, she will match you with an astrologer. And I was matched with Ocean Pleasant, who actually came on our podcast for episode five. And she is one of the most incredible people we've ever had the pleasure of meeting. I love Ocean. I think almost every single one of my closest friends have had a reading with her at this point. We've had so many of our listeners go to her. Mm-hmm. I personally have had, I think, four or five sessions with Ocean. She also did readings for me and my team. So, And our, our sinister reading that we did on that episode was so powerful. Yeah. So yeah, that so connection, powerful. I mean, changed the trajectory of, honestly, both of our lives, I think. Both of our lives, yeah. I got to work closely with Ocean inside of my program. She mm-hmm. basically predicted the future for me when I got my reading three years ago. I mm-hmm. was not doing this work anywhere even close to it. And she told me, just so you know, in one year from now, when she gave me the reading back then, um, your life is going to look completely different. And I was like, what? Uh, like, it's so it's so interesting trying to predict the future with only the past experiences in your memory. Yeah. And, that's and with only trust. like a, it's going to be completely different. Like that, that could go in so many different directions. But the funniest thing is that your brain never would have went in this direction. Never. Because you just can't know what you can't know. And mm-hmm. so even from this episode with Deborah, I feel like what was really established or what served as a beautiful reminder for me is that there is a divine higher order at play. And it's evident in our charts. It's evident in the transits. It's evidence in, it's evident in the seasons of our life. Like We're not always growing linearly. We're growing cyclically, just like the seasons, right? Just like the mm-hmm. planets go through each of their signs. And so it was just, you know... I love the part when she said how um, her work, it seems like it's astrology, but it's really to bring peace, to give people Mm, peace. mm -hmm. Because both you and I, when we have sought readings, when we have sought information through astrology, it's it's to bring peace to our minds, right? When I read that the moon is in Scorpio or that my progressed moon is Taurus, I'm like, oh, like that's why I'm going through that. Mm. And then you just stop resisting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things we chatted about too was about how... Astrology can serve to really almost be like this instruction manual for you and for the people around you. And, you know, even if you aren't this avid, you know, student of astrology, you don't understand every single aspect, just even a beginner's knowledge of it can help make so much sense of who you are and where you are at in life. And I think that's one of the things that I love about it because it puts to words a lot of things about myself that. I've thought or felt, but I just didn't know. I thought there was something wrong with me or I needed to change this aspect of me. But astrology really does give you the permission to just be who you are. Um, and one of the other fully. things that I, yes, fully. Um, and I also love when she talked about free will. I'm excited for everyone to hear that part of it about how, yes, astrology can be this roadmap, but you ultimately do have free will. And she talks about what aspects you have free will over. And which ones you don't, right? Because, right, you don't get to choose your body, your parents, right? I mean, you could say you choose your sign and your elemental distribution, but I feel like even that is sort of out of your hands as well, at at least as an ego personality mind Mm -hmm. point of view. Like, you don't get to come down here and then choose those. Like, those are chosen before. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just just can't believe we manifested this. I'm, I'm still in disbelief about that because... I had a bit of an out-of-body moment the entire recording. So it was actually a huge bout of body, out-of-bodiness. I don't know. Because I just kept looking at the screen and thinking, I can't believe this is actually occurring right now. Because I think for anyone who is masterful at manifestation, you do see things before they happen in your mind, Mm -hmm. right? 
you connect with the energy of your desire before it happens. And then when it actually happens, it's almost a bit disorienting. You're like, did I really help make this happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as she signed off, remember we were thinking, we just laughed and we're like, that actually just happened. Like, <laughs> we, we just did that. We, we just, just did experienced that. that. Yeah. We just got to have that experience. And I think what is so beautiful about manifesting things like this is that my self-worth and my happiness doesn't come from manifesting it, right? I was happy before. And what the manifestation actually serves as for me is just another experience. Like mm-hmm. that was that was so fun, but it's not... You know how people use manifestations like validate themselves? Like, oh, like I'll be worthy when I have this manifested. Yeah. That wasn't something I felt after the episode was over. It was something I felt before, during, and after, right? It's something mm-hmm. that I'm embodying long before the desire comes into the picture. But it was just really wild to witness her literally speaking to us and realizing that we co-created that. Mm, I love that you shared that because I think it's so important to know that, yeah, like there was no you know, roller coaster of worth. You know, it's not like before the call started, we were like, Ugh. and then she came on and we're like, oh my God, we're amazing. And then when she got off, we were like, we suck again. Like you said, it was our energy the entire way, even leading up to her team reaching out to us. We were in the energy of creation, of love, of joy. And um, it is kind of exciting. And I wonder how timely that is just to be interviewing someone who obviously you've looked up to. And I've, I've obviously learned about her through you. And then to finally have her on, you know, I wonder if just timing-wise it had to happen when we would be at a point where it's completely unattachment. So I love that. Well, it can't happen when we are attached. Exactly. Because we're blocking it. Yeah. So we, we literally had to let it go before we could get it, which is so funny because I had let it go in the sense that oh, like we're not ready to reach out to someone like that, which is so funny because actually we had a completely skewed view of ourselves and this podcast. So listeners, we want to thank you so much because I literally just checked the stats literally just a few days ago just to... I actually needed to do it for my book proposal. I needed to write in there. My my agent said, hey, like how many listens do you guys get? And I was like, I don't know. Like I... I really we never don't check. check. Yeah. We never check because like we said in the procrastination episode at episode 50, the joy of creating this podcast is in the creating of the podcast, is yes. in the recording of the episodes. We don't look to see if we've become worthy enough or good enough through the listens. Mm-hmm. Just being able to create and know that you're joining our community and to know that you're shifting, even if we don't ever get to hear from you, is just enough for us. And so when I checked it though, my jaw literally dropped because I saw the figure and it was, I want to say 251,000 something, something, something. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wait, isn't that like, like, like how many people is that? And then I remembered our podcast producer said that because you can only track downloads, you can on average times that by three for listeners mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. obviously not everyone downloads the episodes. So then I texted Gina and I was like, hey, guess what? Your podcast has hit over a quarter million downloads. And you had like a freak out moment because you didn't know either. And then I just walked around and blubbering all that day, realizing that literally like three quarters of a million people probably listen to this. Mm, Yeah, I think this podcast for you and I both has been such a beautiful template of how to be in creation with no resistance, without attachment, and just for the sake of experiencing it. And every time we have that, like even when we did the Spotify rap last year, and I don't know, it was like the top 1% of most globally shared. We were like, what? Like it's almost, it doesn't feel like we're talking about us because it's so secondary. It's just like the, uh, uh, almost like a, an afterthought. Um, you know, these things that we don't look at where 
previous to this, that would be kind of one of the only things we looked at was measuring, right? How do we know if we're good enough? And so, yeah, just thank you to everyone for listening. We just had a beautiful community call as well. Um, just yesterday. Was that yesterday? That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've been hosting these calls once a month inside of our community completely for free. And to see you all coming together has been I mean, such a gift. We were basically crying at the end of the call yesterday because it so feels many people so, were crying. Yeah, and it feels so abundant for us to give back in that way completely for free. It's like it makes me feel abundant to know that I'm gonna show up there, you know, once a month and anyone's invited who okay. vibes with this, who wants to be on the same frequency and heal with like minded people. It just felt like I I, re- I realized once again that abundance is actually giving, not getting. Mm. Yeah. And I guess another way of saying that would just be abundance really is a feeling. It's not the action of getting and receiving, right? It's the feeling. No. Yeah. It's how you feel when you have more than enough. And do you remember? <laughs> ice remember cream? Uh, yes, ice cream. So we had <laughs> ice cream after this call um, and we went with her daughter and her daughter had this hu- like huge scoop of ice cream. And I also had an equally large scoop. And it was funny because she kept wanting to taste and try mine. And you were saying like, oh my God, like stop taking her ice cream. And I was like, no, I literally have too much. Like, please take it. And then I joked that, wow, abundance really is just having so much that you want to share. Yes. Like, oh, I love that you said that. Yes. It is just having an overflow and it's more than enough. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's nothing lost when I give that away. That's mm-hmm. abundance. I'm like, I'm having the experience of eating this ice cream and there's enough in here. And so how can I apply that energy to more and more areas of my life? And so even before Deborah came onto this podcast or contacted us, I already felt so abundant. I wasn't feeling in lack. I wasn't feeling like, oh, like if she doesn't come on, like I'm not going to be okay. It's like, mm. oh my God, we've had so many incredible guests and even Deborah's work connected us with ocean, which is such an abundant thing. And so, yes, yeah, it was the abundance that definitely called this in and was able to help us manifest it. Yes. So we hope you learn a little or a lot more about astrology from this episode. And we're actually planning on having her back. And so when that happens, we'll probably have you send in your questions for her. So as you're listening, if questions come up, maybe jot them down and save them for us. Put Um, them in the community. Oh, yes. Great idea. Put them in the community. Maybe share with us, yeah, what was your biggest takeaway or surprise? Um, I, I'm constantly learning more about my chart. I feel like every time I mean, you look at it or any other astrology looks at it, I just always learn something more. So I feel like it's impossible to not learn more about yourself through these types it's of impossible. Episodes. Yeah. And through work I feel like, like Yeah. I feel like that's why we have such relatively long lives because we just have a lot to learn. And um, (laughs) actually, one of the most beautiful things that she said was, we come to earth to grow. And the only way you grow is through mistakes. And I was like, why? Which actually makes me think just that we didn't say this in the episode, but I'm just thinking to myself, if mistakes are the only way that we learn and we come here to learn, then is anything even a mistake? Because my belief is that nothing is a mistake. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What you perceive is a mistake. Yeah. Right. It's actually... It's actually only perceived as a mistake in the moment. When you look back, you can see so clearly that it was actually just a lily pad. Yeah, I just I just don't think you can get it wrong. I think it's always... Kyle C. said this too, that there is no such thing as a wrong decision because you either do find out that it was right or you find out that it was wrong and then you find out what is right. Like you're always being led to the next right step for you, even if that 
is perceived in the moment as wrong. That's just my personal belief. But yeah, I love how she touched on that as well. So mm-hmm. listen in. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Join the community if you haven't already. We hope to see you on the next community call. It's the last Sunday of every month at 10 a.m. PST for an hour. And yeah, we hope to connect with you all. And thank you again for all the downloads and listens. Yeah, it's honestly completely magical. I'm completely mind blown. So thank you so much. And can't wait for you to connect to the stars in this episode with Deborah. Spiralers, we are about to introduce one of the most influential women in my personal life, someone whose lifelong experience and dedication to the art of astrology has given me such powerful language to understand my human existence, why we are the way we are, and the permission to accept both myself and others for who they uniquely are. This guest has given me an entirely new lens to observe life through and has led me to live by the moon and trust astrology like I trust the sun to rise and the stars to shine. I cannot believe I am saying this, but welcome to the Spiraling Higher Studio, Miss Deborah Silverman. Welcome. That was such a beautiful introduction. I almost want you to read it again. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so um, meaningful that you let your life be affected by understanding, because it's in your chart. You know your son's in the 11th house? I do. I do. <laughs> that's the house of the astrologer. So it doesn't surprise me that you have a fascination with the bigger picture and asking those consciousness questions that sometimes just get left as a funny feeling rather than verbalized. Mm-hmm. I see literally everything now, Deborah, because of you through astrology. I feel that I can't even really know a person until I've seen their chart. I'm like, I don't trust myself to just get to know you through our interactions. Like, let me see your soul. Like, what did you choose to do when you came here? What makes you tick? Where are your tensions? I feel like you've given me such language, like I said. I could not see the world the way that I do now without your work. It's like when you go on a date. For me, I was on a dating site for a while, and I would say, tell me your birth chart before I even go out. And the guy would go, do you believe in that stuff? And I'd go, do you? And he'd go, no. And I'd go, me either. Like, <laughs> like it's a problem. Because once you know the doorway to the soul is through this window that people poo-poo, you're like, uh-oh, we're not in the same club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's real- interesting uh, What's interesting is a lot of girls have been saying that when they are about to, yes, go on a date or qualify someone for a date, they'll ask them about astrology, not so that they can necessarily convene on like how amazing the topic is, but they want to see how open-minded the person is to a new yeah. belief system or framework, right? Even if they're not into it and don't have any information, they don't know their star sign, right? How open can they be to learning a little bit more about themselves and seeing, honestly, so many reflections in the work. I swear, every time I get to know someone deeply and I don't know anything about their chart. I, I love to make guesses. I'm like, you're you're like a Taurus moon, aren't you? You love to cook, you love to cuddle. And they're like, I don't know. And then I check and I'm like, boom, it's right there in the pudding. How you can't make this up? It's so true. There's a divine design. Einstein said it best. God is not playing with dice. It's not random. It's one of the most comforting. It's what you said and what you wrote. We can trust the sun comes up. We can trust the moon moves in increments, and it's been true since the beginning of time. And whether or not the humans survive and whether or not the evolution continues with hundreds of years, it will always be true that the moon and the sun and Mercury, it's like so, it's like my best friends. Mm. 
It's actually um, so comforting for me. So as you know, I've actually I've actually done both level one and level two through your school. Oh, so that's yeah, I really was able to build up my arsenal of understanding through your work. And um, what I've really come to understand is that I I feel more um, aligned in my life when I'm actually following the season, when I'm respecting and honoring the season that I'm in. And so obviously our podcast is called Spiraling Higher. And I feel that what we really try to help people understand when they come to listen is that your growth in your life will not be linear and stop trying to make it that way. Mm -hmm. And so before we go into that, I would love for you to just quickly start with how you came to be the astrology queen that you are. Because yes. I'm telling you, if you haven't already heard of Deborah Silverman, Silverman, she is, she is astrology. Like no one is astrology as big as you are. And I can't believe we're talking to you right now, but I would love for you to just introduce your yourself and really how you came to know the power of this tool. Um, yeah, because you've dedicated so much of your life to it and it's changed, it's changed us. So I am tired. Yes. In three years, we'll be 70 years old. So I have done this since I was, someone asked me the other day, when did you first see the word astrology? I was 10 years old. Wow. I got so, I lit up like a Christmas tree. It was in the comic. It was in the Detroit News mm. in the section. And it had an ad that said you can get a chart done. So that was the first time I ever saw the word. Fast forward in high school, I knew and to this day, all of my closest friends who I've still stayed friends with, their sun and their moon. I figured that out when I was really young. And then it happened on, it, guess what? It happened, let's see, it would have been, I'm going to say 47 years ago this month that oh I was sitting at a table with my entire family. It was a Jewish holiday. It was a Jewish New Year's, which just happened a couple of days ago. And um, this woman came with me. We were in university together. And she was an astrologer. She was older than me. Triple Gemini. Wow. Um, sat at the table and she went across each person in my family and described them. And I have the most eccentric Woody Allen didn't have to change anyone's outfits. Like this, the little Jewish family that was so loud and she, and everyone was captivated. And she went around the circle and described my brothers and my dad and my mother and my aunt. And then we finished and I was like, can I learn to do that? And then within a month, I was in a car for three days from Toronto to Alberta in a car where I said to her, I'll drive with you to your new job under this condition. Teach me what you did that night with that book you opened up where everybody's birthday was an ephemeris, and I began my studies. And then, you guys are going to love this, then I had, throughout my whole childhood, I had a Chinese woman who spoke in Chinese that used to come in my dreams when I was little. I never knew what she was saying, but it was all through my childhood. And then after that three-day event, she came to my dream in English and screamed at me, you've been an astrologer for lifetimes, stupid. Stop acting so dumb. And I sat up in bed, and I started charging the next day. Wow. Wow. And I never really had a teacher, but that person in the car, I took mad passionate notes. For, I, finally, at one point she said, can you please look at the books in the backs? I was like, no, I'm an auditory learner. My Mercury's in Taurus. I have to listen to feel it. Mm. And it stopped. And I remembered it. And it was like a it was like a kid playing piano when they're little and they never took a lesson. Mm. Mm. there's so many people watching this who don't have a, like you guys clearly have a strong destiny line if destiny is coming to get you at a young age 
you will find your calling. That is not easy. And it's not many people that have that. The rest of the people on the planet Earth are going, uh, what did I come down here for again? Like, can you remind me why I'm here? And that's what the chart does. But for some people, mm. they come in early and they find their calling and suddenly they are whatever that is. So mm. I just want to say, for those of you seeking who are slightly confused and really feel that anxious sensation in your heart where you're like, I never know if I'm in the right job or the right relationship. That's why you go to astrologers to confirm what the natural instincts are built into your chart. But there's those of us that at 10 years old saw the word and went, I was so excited that astrology came with my essence. Mm. I love that you just shared that, Deborah, because that was definitely my journey. I feel like my whole life, I really did know what I wanted to do. I really knew what my gifts are, but I was just so afraid to claim them. And I was looking for affirmation from everyone around me, all of these external sources to confirm for me. And then once I actually got into astrology and had my readings with Ocean, she confirmed everything to a T. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. It's just kind of telling you, and like you said, confirming what you already know and gives you this big permission slip to believe it too. Because you have all these planets in the 10th house. You know yes. this now. Yes. So your career. So what was calling your name? I'm curious what it was that was calling your name. Honestly, this. It was basically to teach and to coach and to help. And you know, I have uh, four cancer placements in my chart and they're all, I think, yeah, in the 10th house as well. And so it was interesting to put that, um, I guess, in, in astrological terms, because I just always thought it was in my personality to just love work. I didn't really understand any deeper than that. Um, to see, yeah, yeah, it was really the intricacies of astrology always never cease to amaze me. Like I swear, you know, Sam's definitely deeper in, and I'm actually in your level one class right now. Um, and it's really exciting to learn about all of the different signs and what they mean to me. And also to witness my daughter who actually was born the day before Emily or before Sam, their birthdays are one day apart. So even seeing their connections and similarities, it's always just mind blowing to me. And let's just do a shout out to Ocean because I met her at 14 years old. Wow. And I know she's now, I think, 25, a professional astrologer, really well recognized, incredibly articulate, taught for our school, is one of our certified astrologers. So this is what happens in our school. Yeah. To, your, to your point, we give people back permission. It, it, it could be as young as 14 to find their destiny line and then to cultivate it without feeling self-conscious. Like, why do I feel so ambitious? Mm -hmm. this is, why is part of me wanting to help people all the time and wanting to yeah. teach? Well, you've got four planets in the house of the teacher. Hundred mm. percent. I think, uh, and you talk about this a lot. But when we come to Earth, we already know what we signed up for, and um, I think so much of our lives, the reason why we're feeling so lost and misguided is we're not listening to that. We're not responding to that. We're actually fighting with it. And so, for me, I actually, when I first came to Earth and as a child, I always found myself writing, speaking, and playing teacher. That was what I did all the time. And it's so funny to see me now and looking at the chart and confirming that I have, you know, my Saturn and Aquarius and all of these things in the 11th house and, you know, my Gemini rising and Gemini South node. And I know some of these all terms that may not make sense. means, can I translate for those that do Yes, please. Yes. Is that her gift of communicating and being able to put words to what people can't speak to, which is consciousness and distinctions and letting people be different. That's your gift is watching people's system style, looking at their charts, understanding, and then being able to say, well, of course, 
But to your point, we don't have a language for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so actually for the people who did not have a calling or feel that they recognize their calling at this point, you mentioned destiny line a couple of times. Where could someone actually look in their chart to figure out what their destiny is? What is their calling? And how can they confirm for themselves that they were right all along about what mm-hmm. they felt they wanted to so, do? First of all, simple beginners conversation, but it's universal. What house did the sun fall in? So for Gina, it's a 10th house son. She has a career workaholic syndrome who has to be the best at what she does or she can't play. <laughs> yep. Yes, yeah, true. And for Sam, the 11th house, he's a futurist. She's taking us into the future. She can't stand following and you cannot tell her what to do. So once yeah. you know that, once the person's permission is to say, okay, so Sam, we expect you to bring us astrology on a podcast where people are going, wow, she can really speak it. Well, she's studying it. She's mm. passionate. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gina's got the mother instinct so strong, it would be unnatural. So you have natural instincts. Destiny is obviously operative all the time. We don't have language. This is why podcasts like this are so important. And then studying. Like we are given this gift of language. It's such an magical. I mean, we're living in an era that never before would we be sitting in a computer being best I friends. Know. I just finished a reading with this woman in Portugal who I literally was like, I'm in love. I hung up the phone. I was like, they paid me to talk to this gorgeous woman who's a DJ, who's like the most interesting, unbelievable character, Aquarius in the 11th house. Hello. She was so advanced. And I had the privilege of giving her permission to be herself. Mm. What a crazy job is that? I'm amazed that that's really what the heart of astrology is. You know, we could go into all of the deeper aspects and, you know, all the houses and all that stuff. And I would love to dive into it. But at the end of the day, what we're really looking for is just permission to be unique and true and ourselves. Because when I, when someone told me, oh, you have an Aries moon, that means you're going to get really mad and you're going to have to learn to say sorry a lot. And I thought, oh, that's true. <laughs> and I, I had been fighting with myself my whole life for my temper and just being short and um, being a little bit verbally aggressive when I feel ticked off. Mm-hmm. And then someone said, yeah, that's that's kind of never going to change. You're going to have to learn how to work with that and apologize for that. That's that's in your energy. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh my God. moon and Aries. And guess what? Gina has a Leo moon. So we're, we're all just crazy angry people that have to say sorry a lot. <laughs> yes. I've really been humbled throughout this life because you're so right. It doesn't go away. And I have learned because I'm Libra rising, so I'm a harmony maker. But I know that people at times can't handle how I'm like, you know, I have similar to you, Gina, I have a very high standard. Part of your question of how did I end up being the uh, mothership of astrology? Because my work ethic Mm. is never fired. I Mm. I drive everyone crazy. And then my moon in Aries expects other people to keep up with me. And then I realize, uh oh, that wasn't very nice saying to them, "You're too slow." And can you move over? <laughs> I've I've had to apologize to uh, not only my partner but even Gina a couple times for the way that I show up sometimes in our work because I just when I feel like I'm in a corner, um, I'm not someone who is shrinking in that moment. I'm someone mm-hmm. who has to like swing my arms and start kicking and screaming about that. And um, once again, astrology has given me such a deep permission slip um, to be who I am. And so I would love to actually talk a little bit more deeply about both, actually all three, the sun, moon, and rising and how these all work together. And um, yeah, how can people start to identify these and live more in alignment with them? 
So I think lots of people watching this know their sun, moon, and rising. <clears throat> I have a slightly different angle because I'm an esoteric astrologer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what you're going to read in the books, it says the rising sign is what you look like or how you present right. to other people. That's not what the law of esoteric believes. It's your rising. It's called the ascendant because you're ascending into a higher part of yourself. Mm. So literally, the rising sign is your doorway to what is going to provide you with the greatest growth. And if you don't know yet, the reason why you came to planet Earth was to grow. This is the best classroom you can be in, and it's specifically for your evolution. And you learn here by making mistakes. I know. It's it's such a flaw. It's a flawed system. I find it. I always feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Like I shouldn't say that. But anyways, I think the program of how to learn here, by getting it wrong, you get it right. By losing something, you find it. By getting sick, you get healed. By trauma, everything here works by pain to take us to light. The dark takes us to light. And I'm sorry about that, but there's no way to argue. So the rising sign is your clue. If you're in crisis or you're feeling vulnerable or things are going off, rather than going towards, we'll talk in a moment, the sun and the moon, which is your ego and your emotional body, you go towards your rising sign. And then what's the high road and the low road? Because being Gemini, for example, rising, which is one of the best, I think, funny, funny, funny. But the problem is they're so talkative and they're so fast and they're so speedy, they can ride right over people and not know they're doing it. And it's because they're having a party all by themselves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and- hundred percent. And Gina actually, not that I couldn't see this before, but she just pointed out again recently that when I'm struggling emotionally, I just want to intellectualize all over the whole thing. Yes. Like, I just want to talk about it. And she's like, but what does it feel like? I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like blah, blah, blah. Like, I just keep talking about it. And she goes right to diagnosing herself and <laughs> researching every, every, yep. anything that could bring reason to why she is the way that she is. But I, I just feel everything before I know it. And so we're, we're quite polar opposite. And I will say that astrology has really helped us in our partnership because I can see, oh, that's her Aries. And she can see, oh, that's her mm-hmm. cancer. Um, it makes it a lot easier for us to work together because we respect and can honor each other's different cycles and where we're at in our charts, but also just who we are to the core, you know, from, from our charts. So it's been, so helpful for us. And so let's talk about the high road of Gemini not going into their head, to your point, but actually being quiet. When a Gemini mm. learns how to listen, and when I say that, I mean to their body. Mm. So Gemini's wow. do is they leave their body and they just go, dun, 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 dun. I got a million thoughts to share. I just wow. think I'm everything I love to talk all day. But meanwhile, their body's going, oh, I'm not even happy right now. I'm going to stop for a minute, put my hands on my body. So there's high road, low road to every single sign. And I'm writing a new book called the I Don't Believe in Astrology book. It's so funny. And I'm rewriting. That. Geminis don't have to talk. They have to learn to listen. And then they talk. But it has wow. to be silence. And the word silent and listen have the same letters. You have to be quiet to actually hear your own thoughts. But Geminis don't get quiet. They get noisier, to your point. So how do yes. I stop thoughts? <laughs> I just be honest and say, and this is why it's great to have a friendship like you have with Gina. And you say, you know what? I am so in my head right now. Can you help me? I can't even hear anything but the noises in my head. When you become humbled to your rising sign and you admit to your vulnerability, that's the high road of the rising sign. You know what's insane, Deborah? This is such a synchronicity and this is reflecting so beautifully what I just went through last week. But what brought me relief after not listening to my body, being in the low road, as you said, of 
Gemini, which by the way, I love this concept of high road, low road. Gina and I use it all the time. All the time. We talk about the low road of our perfectionism or the low road of our fire moon, right? And how those also have beautiful qualities that we can embody. But last week I was not listening to my body. I was in my head. I was doing all this research. I'm like thinking and talking and I'm not feeling. And the only relief I actually finally got at the end of the week was admitting to myself that I don't know everything. It was Mm -hmm. actually this very humbling moment where, you know, me as the Gemini, I'm like, I can learn it. Don't worry. Like, I'll fix it. Like, I'll just read about this thing. And then, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't know why. And that's okay. And it was such a humbling moment because the Gemini in me wants to know. It feels comfortable knowing. It feels comfortable naming and identifying. And I think that's why I also love astrology because I love being able to identify and call things what they're, they're by their names. But I just sat and thought, I guess I don't know everything and I'm just going to have to listen to my body. And it's funny because in the conversations I had with Gina that week, we actually learned that I value thoughts more than feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny to see this in the chart. It's like, that makes so much sense. I, I answer everything first by asking, what do I think about that? And, and with Gina, with so much water in her chart, she's like, how do I feel about that? And it's just so funny to see these reflections, but also to give myself permission. Like, of course, I'm going to go into the low road and start doing the research and you know, compiling all my resources. It makes sense that I would do that. But okay, what is the higher calling of this sign? How can I actually align to... Yeah, a, a better frequency. And the vulnerability mm-hmm. of admitting, just that that's so profound. And, and Gina, I'm just looking at your chart because we're both Libra rising. The seeker of harmony at all costs, the low road of Libra rising is to be so much to everybody and make everyone feel better and give everybody the pleasure of making sure they're happy. But the high road is to be able to say, you know what? I just need alone time. And not the- <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Years, you can't believe how long it took for me to realize I was so codependent. I was so mm-hmm. based on the outer world to give me reflection and tell me they liked me and that I looked good. And then I, it took me 125 years, it feels like, till I, <laughs> till I finally realized, you know what? I like being alone. Yeah. And if people don't like me, it's none of my business. It's been such a, so always, you guys, everyone listening, you look at your, this is also in the book, because in old astrology, Libras are always so into relationship. But the high road of Libra, because that's why there's a little bump in the middle, is to make a connection with God above all else. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. So then okay. you change your attitude from, do I have to please you? Do I have to have people around in my relationship? Can I still be myself and have space? Yes. And every one of you, look at your rising sign. And by the way, for the beginners listening, it's based on your birth time. So your mom, it's within a two hour window, it changes. So your mom can give you your birth time and you can plug it in. And that's just the one thing you get out of this interview today. Your soul, better known as your rising sign, which is why it's rising into your soul, is Mm -hmm. giving you an option to take the low road, which is the automatic. So that's what happens for Sam. Just talk, 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 talk. Or take the high road, which is, oh, I'm going to have to get okay with, I don't know right now. And my mind has to be put in its seat. Like you imagine, Gina, a seat. And you tell it, can you stop for a minute? (laughs) As though you have an independent voice that's talking to your little brain and you separate it. So you're in charge because otherwise you're, we're all three of us are arrow. Really? We're on a podcast. We're all, I had to learn many years ago to, to, that listening is the art of the artist who's an air sign. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because Gina, you know, obviously my dad's a Gemini as well. So okay. when, when, <laughs> wait, when I was listening to Deborah's uh, course, because I love this section where Deborah basically acts as each sign and does like a mm-hmm. five minute kind of like a skit almost really representing these signs. And as soon as I watched Gemini, I was like, that's Sam's dad. Like 100%. a T. I actually didn't even know for sure he was Gemini, but I was like, I think he is. And as she kept going, I was like, yeah, 100% he is. And it's so funny. And what what I am constantly offering him as medicine is like, I'm always saying, dad, can you just listen? I feel like that's the question I repeat over and over. I'm like, dad, can you just listen? Dad, can you just listen? Because <laughs> oh my God, he he could talk forever. You know, there are times when my AirPods die and he's literally on the other end of the phone just continuing to talk as I'm looking for a charger. I've literally left the phone. I come back, he's still going. I well, I'll never forget the first time I met your parents in person. And, um, you know, her dad listens to the podcast. I know he's going to listen right now. So hello. Uh, we'll say <laughs> quick shout out to Sam's dad. But when I met him, it was wild because him, Sam, actually and her mom were all talking to me at the same time. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And we were at dinner and then I was talking to Sam and her mom and our dad was just talking. But he, talking, wasn't, talking, he talking. wasn't talking to us. He was just talking. And when I left, I was like, who was your dad talking to? And she's like, he just he just does that. And I remember you shared with me that in your family, you can't wait to be asked to talk or ask for your opinion. You literally just have to cut somebody off to to get in to the conversation. Literally. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, Deborah, it's so funny because what astrology has really offered me also too is so much humor. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I look at compare the charts in my family and like look back in my life, you know, my mother's a Sagittarius, I'm an Aries, my dad's a Gemini. So there was a lot of just like blah, 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 blah. and then my brother was just the youngest and he was a Capricorn with cancer <laughs> placements. And he just sat there. He just sat there so quietly. And then there would be times at dinner where he would just scream because he wanted his turn because we had just kept going around and bopping around, exchanging the energy. And it's so funny because I look back and I just think like, oh my God, no wonder he just felt so unheard and out of place. He was this watery this earth sign. Talk about, because in family dynamics, I, my mm-hmm. fantasy is that when every child is born, their chart shows up. Imagine oh, yeah. if your understood your character from that young. Yeah. It's one of my deepest passions. If we were willing to consider and take a minute to be objective about your family and just think about each of those people and the, the gift of your dad who loves to talk, wants to connect. Yes. Yeah. That is the essence of air sign. So let's just talk about that. And if we understood the family member who wants to connect and we say to them directly, I really want to hear you, dad. And then you carve out time where you don't talk and give them a full turn. Mm-hmm. That saves that feeling. Or if it's in the case mm. of if it's a water child who doesn't talk like your younger brother, <clears throat> then you sit next to them and you don't talk. You just put your hand on their leg and you say, I'm so glad you're here. Mm. And you say, yeah. That nourishes them so much because now you've met them in their land. Or if you have a, a sibling or a family member or a lover who's an earth person who spends all their time cleaning the garage and taking care of things and going to Costco and buying all the, and you say, can I go with you? I want to help. That changes all these languages and the fire person. Someone needs to get loud and blunt and have an argument without making us feel bad about it. Mm. Permission for you to get pissed off. It's totally okay if, you, if you're really loud with me. I get it, dad. What 100%. You know, my so my husband, uh, he's a Pisces son with like four Capricorn placements in the 10th house. And um, something that I've had to learn with him is that 
the way that I feel safe, which is through communication, words, is actually not what feels safe to him. What feels safe to him is just quiet reflection. And it took us so long to figure that out because I'd be triggering him by being like, you want to talk about it? What's wrong? Like, I can tell something's going on. Like, I, I, I can feel your energy. Like, just tell me what's happening. And he's he does not feel comfortable saying what's happening. He's like, I just need to sit and feel. And because I don't ever do that, it was so disconcerting for me to just well, witness. It felt like Pisces and Gemini square. That's exactly oh. a 90 degree angle because Pisces wants to be quiet. Gemini can't stop talking. It's a 90 degree angle. And we learn in astrology, which is another advanced topic. There's geometry. It's crazy to say this. It's so bizarre that the planets are absolutely creating dynamics. And once you understand your Pisces husband wants to be quiet until he's ready to talk. I had mm-hmm. a And then once I figured that out, I was, and then- you're in his land and he's in your land and you carve out the time to say, okay, Sam, talk. Thanks, honey. Well, it's, so f- it's so funny because I feel like he always does it at the, what I consider to be inopportune times. When I'm like in problem-solving mode, I want to talk and then I've let it go. And then he's had his silence and then he comes back and he starts talking. And I'm like, oh, now you want to talk? <laughs> but uh, it's it has given me so – it has allowed me to give other people grace. And I think that when we are growing up, we have a very egocentric view of the world naturally. We think that everyone thinks like us, feels like us, has the definition for the words in a similar way that they do. And I've just been able to see through these charts, literally through Gina's chart or my husband's chart, that you are literally not experiencing the world like me. And I'm actually so much more curious about that now than I am combative. It felt initially like, why are you? That was it your felt like for Yes. I mean, with us, with the fire, water, and even sometimes with Gina, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm just excited. Like, why are you pouring the water on my excitement? And they're, <laughs> and they're not. They're totally not. It's just being expressed in a different way. That's why yeah. when you're with the same, like both of you having a soul that's here, that's completely, mm-hmm. you're on a podcast talking. Your souls were built for a podcast. Hey, Spiralers. We found something that we could not wait to tell you about. We have got for you some spiritual tea. Actually, it's not tea at all, but (laughs) it is our new favorite meditation app, Superhuman. We are literally obsessed with this. I love it because unlike other meditation apps we've used before, it has meditations you can do as you go about your day, not just when you're sitting or lying down. My favorite are the getting ready ones that are about 20 minutes long with affirmations that you can listen to as you start your morning or the midday pep talks, which are only two or three minutes long. And they even have specific tracks for moms. Yeah, there's so many options. And I really like how these meditations are aimed at helping you tap into the emotions of what you want to attract. Mm-hmm. They're accompanied with really moving motivational musical tracks and they're just not boring. They don't just ask you to sit there and try to clear your mind. Instead, I feel like I'm in my own music video and I'm tuning into the frequency of my future self. Yeah, I actually feel like I'm in my own movie when I'm listening to them. I know, me too, especially when I'm doing the walking ones. There's like mm-hmm. specific walking ones where. Mimi's voice, who actually voices all of the tracks, she's like, and as you walk into your future, (laughs) I literally feel like I'm commanding this energy. And that's the entire point of the meditation is to really tune into a higher frequency. And so with our code, you can try the Superhuman app with one free month in addition to their trial offer of two complimentary weeks. That's six entire free weeks to tune into the frequency of your highest timeline. 
So abundant. We want you to try it for yourself and let us know what you think because you have absolutely nothing to lose and you can redeem your free six weeks of the Superhuman app now by clicking the link in our show notes and using the code SPIRALINGHIGHER with no spaces. We know you're going to love this one and we feel confident that your vibrations are going to spiral higher. It just feels like we're almost getting pretty much an instruction manual to us and everyone around us. Like that's what it feels like. It's like when this person does this, do this, step one, two, three. And I think what it also helps us to do is not try to change the person or argue with who they are, right? Because I think a lot of times in partnerships or in friendships or in families, we're like, oh, I wish they would just do this. I wish they were just more like that. And I think when you see it in the chart, you're like, they, they just can't. They can't be. When and it just makes so much sense. I studied astrology and found out my dad had no air in his chart. And my brother, all he wanted from my dad was to talk. And we found mm. it was like, I can leave him alone. It was like completely yeah. changed the relationship. Yeah. I can sit with him in quiet. He had a grand trying to water my dad. Once you understood that, then he would talk. But mm-hmm. you had to get in the door. Mm. Wow. Yes. I mean, astrology for sure for me has reduced so much resistance and friction in my relationships because <laughs> when I look at the chart, I'm like, oh, that's how you are. Like it and and then I can appreciate it. You know, my sister, yes. she's we we have a very close connection when we're together. Um, uh, but she has Aquarian sun, Aquarian moon, and she's just kind of in her own world sometimes. Like, I don't really know what she's thinking and what she's feeling. And then I saw the chart and I was like, oh, there's a lot of Aquarian energy in here. Like, and it just made me appreciate what I wasn't seeing before. Like I was trying to, to make her like me. I think that we are constantly doing that. We, and then we do that to our children. Yes. For anyone listening who have kids, because what mothers do is they want their kid, when the, when the mom's cold, she puts a blanket on the kid. But you can't do that. You've got to check in with the kid and find out what their nature is and what they need. And that's one of my favorite topics is astrology with children. Because I just, I went and worked at a school once and I did the whole school. I was living in Vancouver and I got this exchange for my son to go to this private school. I was Harry Potter's assistant. And I'd walk into the classroom and tell the kids, this is Harry Potter class. You're going to sit in the water, air, earth, and fire, all the kids in the class. And the little air kids raising their hand, interrupting, and the earth kids like ready with their little computer in front of them taking notes. And I got to say to them, it was such a powerful. And then the little kids at the end said, I think my mom's water because when we left our old house, she cried. And when we got into the new house, she cried again. Is that water? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. It makes so much sense. And um, for those who are listening who don't have any sort of um, context yet for astrology, it's really based on these four elements, of course, that we deal with all the time. And um, I would love for you to speak to a skeptic, right, who is listening in and thinking, I'm I'm not that like I'm not that symbol. I think there is a sense of like don't define me, like don't tell me who I am. How can we actually welcome for someone who is a skeptic? Yeah, the language of astrology uh because even even my husband like I say to him things like oh, that's that's your capricorn in like four placements. He'll be like don't <laughs> don't define me. Like he's he doesn't want to be told Yeah, it's it's it, he's very resistant to the label of even a chart. He's like, that's not me. Like, that's just some, that's just your way of like trying to box me in. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's so interesting that he has that perspective because for me, it's it's opened me up. It's allowed me to Mm -hmm. be so much more of myself. It doesn't feel like a box at all. So for any of you listening that don't have any astrology information, I wrote a book called The Missing Element. And there's not one word of astrology in the whole book. Isn't that amazing? 
The book is simply, you take a test. This is perfect for your husband. There's four categories. It takes about five minutes to take the test, yes or no. Which of the four elements stands out and what's the missing element? So you don't have to believe in astrology for this. This is just a psychological model Mm -hmm. to be able to describe personality types, which we're all interested in. And then from that point, when it becomes so authentic, like he reads the earth chapter and goes, yikes, four plants in Capricorn. You never say four plants in Capricorn. You just say you have a lot of earth, which means practicality Mm -hmm. and numbers and schedules and organizing and insurance and taxes. And he's like, well, that's me. Now we've got his attention. So you don't have to believe in astrology. It believes in you. One of my coin phrases I made up. Mm. And start with the elements. The simplest entrance for everyone, even the advanced astrologer, is to keep the elements in focus. And there's four of them, and they're really simple. And I always say, water is wet, air is everywhere, earth is heavy, and fire is hot. It's kind of simple. But it, when wow. you really get into the depth of it, you're like, wow, I am. If I'm Gina, I am super sensitive. I have all this water. And it hurts my, I have tears. But mm. if I'm Sam, I have such an interest in communicating and talking and asking a million questions. I'm air. I'm an airhead. I'm so curious. And it's that simple. So the entry for all beginners is that book, The Missing Element. And then the next book I wrote is called the I Don't Believe in Astrology book you can hand to your husband. And in that book, (laughs) what I write about is it's not about astrology to start with. It's about the human condition. Mm -hmm. We're all so awkward. And we're insecure and we have anxiety and we have depression and we have fear and we have trauma. This is what comes with the organized. When you get here, the first thing they hand you is all of these patterns that are going to be brought to you by your family, by your mm-hmm. child, first love, by your broken heart. That is the material that I use, as said the psychotherapist, to jump into the astrology. But I start with the psychology. Tell me what happened. Let's hear your story. And then we back into astrology. Go, well, of course the Pisces husband doesn't want to be in a box. They're fish going in two direct. They don't like anyone boxing them up. Fish doesn't want to be in a box. That's so funny. Wow. They want to swim without any organization and they're swimming by the current of the water. And please don't tell me what to do. They hate that. Mm-hmm. That's that's so funny. And um, I think the reason too why I came to your work specifically is actually your psychotherapy background because it helped me really ground the language of astrology in our felt sensations and experiences. And something that I live by, by the way, are your daily posts, which I can't believe you've been doing it for years now, every single day. Every right. single day, Deborah will tell us what the sun is in and the moon. And what that might actually end up creating for you as a as an emotional experience. I, I've had days where I'm really feeling off and you're like, yeah, the moon's in Scorpio. It's weird. It's a weird day. It's a weird day. <laughs> it's true. So I have three videos on Instagram every day and I have um, posts that I write telling what's the flavor of the day. It, I live by it. I actually watch Deborah Silverman every day. <laughs> <laughs> You get a front row seat. Honest to God, I really watch them every day. I go, oh, in fact, I didn't figure out the moon's in Aquarius today, but I didn't really go and um, look. I just had a feeling. I woke up, I was like, this is an electric day. I can feel it. Mm. Wow. And how fitting for us, right, to talk about astrology on the day that the moon is in Aquarius, which is the sign. The flow is and how fascinating. Yes. Well, you guys, once you learn the rhythms, this is so simple. It's indigenous. It's the original Mm. source. The moon and even every religion in Judaism, every single holiday is based on where the moon is. 
Mm, that's right. So don't underestimate the longevity of this practice. And if it's a suggestion to you that things last forever, and that would be this interesting material that's based in astrology, then you just let your left brain who has to figure it all out suspend and you go, wait, I trust every day the sun's coming up. I trust every day that the moon is moving in exact increments. It's been this way. So why wouldn't I lean in to something I can trust when this world is so scary? When this mm. world has so many variables, there's so much. We're in the Aquarian age and everything is up for grabs. Friendships, family, marriage, children, all the things that were givens. You could, when we lived in olden times, we lived in little small villages. You could not leave and find a partner of a different culture in a different country with a different value system because you couldn't leave your family without being fed. You couldn't leave and go mm-hmm. off and find them. You'd lose everything. So now mm-hmm. we live this world where we fly around and we go on airplanes and we meet other people and we have this incredibly wild era that we're in. And so while it is creating anxiety and making us nervous, it's also worthy to lean in on what you can trust. Mm-hmm. And that's I have a super, I guess, basic question because I see those kind of posts all the time about, you know, what's going on in the day for astrology. But that obviously would affect everybody differently though? Or does it color everyone kind of in the same way? Because obviously everyone has a different chart and they're maybe going to be responding to the moon placement of the day differently. But I would love for you to kind of elaborate on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a great question. There is the influence of the planetary position today on the universal conversation. So if the moon, let's say it's a full moon, for example, it doesn't matter what where it's hitting in your chart. When there's a big fat full moon coming soon, by the way, it's just down the street. When the big fat full moon gets here, that all the energy on the ocean, the tides, farmer almanac gnosis, everything lifts up. It gets really wavy and it gets really intense. Now that's not true for it's not like an independent story. It's true for every single person you know. When a full moon arrives, the energy builds. Now, mm-hmm. that's number one. So that's a universal conversation. And mm-hmm. it's more activity in the police, at the hospital, in the mental hospitals. People get on edge. Then you look at your own chart and you go, now, where specifically in me am I going to feel that? And you go and look at that house. What arena mm-hmm. am I like to be activated by that big, fat, full moon? So there's two facets. It's a great question. One is universal. Everyone's in it. Two is, how is it going to touch me personally? And by the way, for you, a full moon, for us, for for Sam and I, the full moon in Aries, woohoo, we're like, this is normal. We're home. <laughs> for, for Cancer, the full moon's in Aries, and she's like, you know what? I don't feel good. There's way too much energy coming at me. I'm staying home. And that's mm-hmm. independent of where does it hit in your chart and what's the land you live in? If you live in a fire land, the moon's in fire, you're like, I love this feeling. If your mm-hmm. moon's in fire, and there's lots of fire, you're like, oh, a little intense today. I need to tone it down. And that's mm-hmm. the valuable information system. I use it every single day. I think part of my success is that I'm not full of shit. Like I'm not pretending <laughs> to love astrology or doing it for the money. I'm doing it because I genuinely want to help humanity find peace. And if yes, it's going to yes. happen because we're in synchronicity, we're in tandem with our creator. That is the ultimate goal of this life. That's why I find it so funny that in religion, they don't like astrology. I'm like, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to get people same to look thing. up. Mm, same trying thing. Same thing. And I look up. 
Oh my God, that's so true. And I think that truly we are living our purpose when our work seeks to create more harmony. And that is what I see in your work. It's it's not just you riffing off about the planets and yeah, you're right to, to make money. It's I can feel just how much you care. And yes, I, I will say that when I finished level two, every single person felt much more at peace. I mean, talk about the time when we went through the the ephemeris and identified when the Saturn returns happened for everyone. And that's, uh, <laughs> soon, Gina, that's going to be in two classes. That that was a turn. That that was what turned me into a firm believer. I'd be sitting. I used to teach at Esalen in California. It's this big institute, really well known. And I was very young, and I couldn't believe I got invited. This is a great story. I was my first time ever teaching there. I went around the room, and there were all these older people. I was so young, and I said, "We're going to start the class today and talk about where you're fucked up." And then the person <laughs> sitting next to me, he was like seventy-five, and he said, "Libra." That is so inappropriate. And I was like, oh, really? Raise your hand if you're fucked up. Whoever <laughs> didn't raise your hand, you're really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about your psyche that requires attention. Is your dad going to get mad that I swore? No. no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> the point of that conversation is the nature of the human condition has to be addressed. As a human, every one of you listening, your function of coming to earth is that you are here to evolve the species and you're handed a suitcase when you get here that has got a whole bunch of stuff in it and it kind of smells funny. And eventually you open up the suitcase, you start unpacking. And one of the steps could be astrology to say, wait, what did I sign up for again? I mean, I got all the symptoms here, but how do I take the high road? How do I evolve Mm. them? And you're so right, Gina, I'm in love. When people finish level one or level two and I see them, and they're down the street. I see them walking in airports. It happens to me all the time. This is a good one. I was at the airport. I'm checking into TSA. I'm taking my bags. And this lady looks up and she goes, oh. she's working behind the desk. She goes, I'm in love with you. And then her colleague sitting next to her goes, you're not in love with anyone. Who is that? And she goes, that's my astrologer. I watch her every day. Aww. That was such a comforting, like, let me be the voice to say This is a designed organization by a higher intelligence that cannot be understood. Your mind, your little Gemini mind, can't get all the answers. What you can do is be curious and be innocent and be humbled and be embarrassed and vulnerable to admit that your funny little human nature is quirky. Raise your hand if you've got a weird ego. Raise your hand if you have an ego. Oh, look, everyone's raising their hand. Everyone has an ego. So once you realize astrology is going to first talk to your ego, And then it's going to take you to your rising sign, which is your soul. And that's going to get you out of the ridiculous story that all of us are in together. I mean, coming to earth, it's so beautiful here. It's so alluring. It's so, the smells so good and it looks so good and making love and eating food and being able to hear the rain. And then the drama. Yeah, (laughs) quite precisely. Yes. The drama of earth. Yeah. I always tell people that we come down here with a very specific purpose and then we just get really distracted down here. There's so much going on. There's, we had a direct line and we had, we dropped right in and we were like, great, I've got my toolkit, my box. I know what the assignment is. And then it's just very distracting. Amnesia. Um, you amnesia. Yes. You, your parents, I don't think you picked your parents, but they're assigned to you based on the karma and the destiny that every single person in your world, the dog, the parent, the sister, the brother, all that was an assignment. People say they chose it. I'm like, if I was on drugs, if I chose my family, come on. But anyways, (laughs) I took the assignment. I got the lesson. 
And I liberated myself, thank you, Aquarian age, so that I could become my real self. And it wasn't mm-hmm. even... I actually like I that to- framework. It kind of seems like, kind of seems like, okay, you guys have a group project. You don't get to pick your partners. Um, yeah. <laughs> but let's see how you do. Like the goal is to make it work. <laughs> it's so funny. You have a group project. You don't get to pick your partners. It'll just come with an assignment. You'll see right there on the sheet. Exactly. Then- exactly. How about that? Then you forget everything when you get down here and you play dumb. Like you really think you know what's going on, but you don't. And mm-hmm. then at some point, probably sad or return, you wake up and you go, what? I have a choice. Mm-hmm. I get to choose my life. This is remarkable because the first 29 years, I was just being a pinball, bouncing off all the circumstances. And then you reach adulthood. And I'm telling you guys, here's an announcement. It gets better and better as you get older. Mm-hmm. It really does. And I can speak to that directly because my Saturn return is now complete. Thank God. Yes. Um, I will now I will now spend the remaining the the next three years integrating all of that. But um, I would love for you to actually, before I ask my next question, actually go into that transition into adulthood. And I actually love what you said about how the first 29 years were really just bouncing off the pinball barriers and not really listening to ourselves at all. It feels like who you are up until that point is really just a manifestation of your conditioning and how deeply that went. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, the work that Gina and I do, we have a mastermind called the unlayered self. And it's all about figuring out who the core you is, right? Who were you before you were told all of these things? Because everyone now is either getting up to that age or just past it. And so they're ready. They're ready to sort of like shed those layers, really connect with who they came here to be. But um, I would love for you to talk about what that experience usually feels like for people, how to recognize, um, yeah, how to release the resistance to it. Because for me, it was really difficult. My Saturn return was not a pleasant time, but I will say what it birthed was me aligning with my purpose. So I left there. My relationship was quite challenged, although we made it through that time. But um, everything was re shifting and re- being repositioned so that I could say fully yes to my purpose, literally to do the work that I always knew I was meant to do. But I had mm-hmm. to fight all of the voices and and frankly, the life that I'd created from the fear and the conditioning. I had to let go of all of that and it felt very disconcerting. And so I'm hoping you could provide some relief to people who are sort of entering that era or maybe they're like me and they've just got out of it and want to know how to make sense of that entire weird period of life that they just made it through. Those that don't know, if you're 27 years old, the winds are changing. By 28, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I feel like something's happening. 29, the the windows are all open, the house's furniture's flying around. And then by 30, you have made the transition, but it doesn't have to be hard if you're prepared and you've studied your chart, which of course I did because I started at 20. But if you're not prepared and you're feeling like life is wanting you to let go of your career, let go of your relationship, have a baby, change your city you're living in. It's Your point is in astrology, better known as the psychology of astrology, resistance is very important. When you hit that skid spot where you're uncomfortable and you don't want to do it and everything feels dangerous, that's the clue, said the therapist. Oh, she's just growing up. She's getting Mm. out of the old outfit. She's breaking out of the shell. She's throwing it behind that old story. And it's really awkward. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see Barbie? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I am dying to, though. One of my favorite lines in the film, and she says it right into the camera. 
I don't like change. Saturn return is a demand that you change. There's no opportunity in a bigger way to break the pattern, to end the habit, to end the addiction, to end the relationship, to find love, to have the kid. It is a threshold to not be mistaken that something's wrong. So when people come to me between 27, 28 to 30 or 58, 59 to 60, I'm like, this is where as a therapist, I would get so excited. When someone came in and they were in resistance, I knew there's a lot of energy building and eventually they're going to go off because resistance is this discomfort and we don't change. For some reason, here we go again. I call them design faults. Why is it we can't get a memo? You're going to end this relationship. Be prepared. You're going to meet your partner in about a week. You're going to end up with this new job in about two years. Don't worry. Wouldn't that be a nice little email you would get? <laughs> but where would the adventure be in the drama? And I feel like it would totally change the way that you respond to life. I love that we don't know things. I love going through pain and hard times. <laughs> I always say that the the bigger the pain, the, the bigger the gift. And so when I'm going through something especially sticky, I'm like, yes. so cancer. Can I just Yes, I know. <laughs> cancer is the mother who gives birth and she has no resistance to the pain because the end of it is this teeny little baby with the cutest little fingernails and the sweetest little eyes and the sweetest little nose. That's, mm. the, that's what cancers know, that pain gives you birth. But most people mm. don't know that. So that was a high road there. Gina. Yeah. And it's funny because my Saturn return, I actually had my daughter when I was 30. So yeah. Can I tell how many people, so this is what you're asking, Sam. You cannot prepare for Saturn return. So don't worry about it. But you can, once the resistance comes in, you can name it. Like I am in the midst of a shell breaking open. I am about to get pregnant and change my whole life. I'm about to get divorced and let go of this. That's not bad. That's called change. Mm. She hates it. I don't personally like it. I mean, obviously you do, Gina. Here we go again. Personality types. My Mercury's in Taurus. So I am a creature of habit. I do eat the same. I do everything the same. So when they start saying change, I'm like, <laughs> whereas other people who have Mercury in Aquarius or in Virgo or in Gemini, they're like, they love it. So I'm just looking at Gina. What is her Mercury in? Cancer. In cancer. Sun in Cancer, Mercury <laughs> Cancer, Venus Cancer. You have a lot of cancer. So you're fearless because you've got strength. Do you know that Cancer is the strongest body type in the Zodiac? What? Really? <laughs> I, I, so I thought it would have been an Earth sign. You would think, but because the mother gives birth and as soon as she's done, she feeds the kids the next day, her ability to go through so much intensity and get up the next morning and take care of that baby. There's not a day off. Wow. Don't ever. That's actually surprising because I actually experienced so much fear. So I feel like I'm I'm stepping into a fearless. No, no. So fear has nothing to do with the ability of your body to endure. Mm. Mm. You can. You've got Saturn and Scorpio. I know that that's a big one. I know the Saturn and Scorpio. The fact whenever she says, I love pain, I'm like, yeah, we are not the same. We I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. But it's so funny. I love this metaphor of being pregnant and giving birth to something because I feel like during my Saturn return, it felt like basically an accidental pregnancy. And I was like, well, now I have to deal with this. That's actually right. how it that's actually how it feels looking back. I was like, I didn't plan for this. Like, why is this happening? Everything is changing and I have to act accordingly. Like things are going to change whether I want them to or not. It actually felt like an unplanned pregnancy. And now the baby's born and I'm actually really happy with the results. But at the time it felt like a, and I do know that mothers go through this, a grieving of the previous yeah. life, right? Going from maiden to mother. 
nothing is ever the same after you have that child. And I'm going to finish with one really good analogy that I love to share with your age group. Right now, the planet's in a critical moment. And we all know that the environment and the ecology, it's all over my, my um, podcast, the I Don't Believe in Astrology podcast. I, my very first interview was Jeff Orlowski, who wrote the film and, and directed Chasing Coral, because it's such a predominant issue that the, the, the unbelievable coral is a big issue. We don't talk about it much, but under the water, it's already more than 50% is gone on earth. So that's a different topic. But here's the deal. For those of you that are feeling this crazy change on the planet at a global level, imagine if you had never seen a woman give birth. You were in the room and you were hearing her. First, you were watching her get pregnant for nine months. You were like, that is just the weirdest looking thing. Something's going on her body. She's throwing up. She looks kind of miserable, but kind of happy. I can't tell. And then finally, it comes to the very hour of her giving birth, and you're like, Okay, now I know something's wrong. She's she's yelling and she's in so much pain. And that thing is, I don't know. And then when you're least expecting it, if you've never seen it before, out comes this perfect, unbelievable being. That's what's going on on our planet. We're pregnant right now and we're in the 11th hour where we're screaming because the water's off and the planet's different and the air is different and the ecology and the politics. Mm. But don't mistake that something's wrong. If you think for one minute that we're not being watched, that this is not being orchestrated by the same beings that made astrology, this masterful intelligence, something beyond the mind is operative here. And I want you to feel the comfort. Take a deep breath with me. Breathe out calm. Just feel the calm wash through you and know that everything that's occurring right now is being orchestrated by a higher intelligence. And while the human condition can't understand it, the mind doesn't have the ability, just like studying astrology, you're like, what? It's perfect. So is the design. So trust that your function based on your chart is really important. That if you're a communicator, these two air people is a soul. Or if you're a fire, you're supposed to be out there taking risks and being the one that says out loud, we've got to do something. Whatever your role is, know that it's being orchestrated by a higher intelligence. And that if you or you align yourself with the moon and the stars and the planets, you are an agent of change and you're facilitating our birth and you are a midwife. So I, I welcome wow. all of you to consider nothing's wrong, but it's really uncomfortable giving birth. Trust me. It's just mm-hmm. an uncomfortable situation that to your point, Gina, turns into beauty and love like you've never experienced. So we don't know what's coming, but we know that we are being watched and there's angels. And this is well organized by an intelligence that we cannot understand. Mm. Well, thank God, because if it was actually up to all of us, it'd be such a mess. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I actually have a follow-up question to this. I'm, I'm curious to know what your perspective or response is to people who ask about free will, because they look at the chart and they're like, well, it looks like I can't really argue with the purpose and, you know, my ego energy and personality. Can I choose differently? Like, what if, what if I don't like that my Mars is square to my sun and my moon? Like, how do I change it? Right. What what would you say to someone who wants to exercise? You don't, listen, you didn't choose your mom and dad consciously. You didn't choose the first dog. You didn't choose your body type. All of that was not with free will. It was a conscious organization higher than you. What you do have free will is, are you going to have McDonald's or are you going to have organic food? Are you going to say to the high road and study or are you going to fall asleep and get lost in social media? Are you going to do the homework that you were given or are you just going to take a lazy version? That's all the free will you've got is those small decisions every day 
And right now today, you can change your whole life having watched this podcast by starting today with the decision that you will operate with integrity and the high road and your own natural sensibilities. Now, that's the only free will you have. The chart puts in the precedent of what it's going to look like, but there's a high road and low road, and that's all you. Mm. Mm. So how will we express the energies in the chart, not what energies are, I guess, most resonant with us? We don't get to choose that. It's like meeting Ocean. Meeting Ocean at 14 and seeing an old soul that was older than me. I think she's older than me. And watching the evolution of her, that was all her free will. She went off the grid from what was supposed to be normal based on what she was raised in. And she made herself a being all on her own free will. Now, double, she's a Pisces, double Aries. There's a wide range of how she could have expressed it, but she took the high road. Mm, Everyone's invitation is all of us have the option to figure out if I'm being my really authentic, human, vulnerable self, what should I do in this situation? Yeah, it almost is like you get a map, which is maybe your your natal chart. That's your map. And then you can decide how to get there, right? Like there's so many different paths. You can drive there. You can climb there. You can walk there. You can take a boat. And that reminds me of your high road, low road. Like what path are you going to take? And how are you going to choose, I guess, to feel on that path and on that journey? It's just as simple as every day you get to choose what to eat. There's mm-hmm. That's free will button. You're going to have to eat. That's not free will, but you get to choose what you're going to put in your mouth and how you're going to take care of your body. And that's a really conscious decision of a being who respects this temple and honors this world because she's awake or he's awake. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to to poop and everyone has to sleep and everyone has to, I mean, we just have this human condition that is just peculiar. If you ask me. It is so crazy. And um, going back to charts, I've actually, I've seen charts where I'm a little bit like, ooh, that looks difficult. And then I've seen charts where I'm like, you're on your like ninth life or something. Like you're just here for a joyride. What is to be said about that? Are some of us choosing difficult lives? Are some of us just here to enjoy ourselves? You know, when you sit next to someone, you can tell if you're being awake, you can tell immediately what level of calm do they have. That's an old soul. Mm. What level of mm. curiosity do they have? Are they asking? Are they listening? That's an old soul. How willing are they to say, I'm sorry. I really got it wrong. I'm really sorry. I should never have done that. That's an old soul. So to your point, the chart gives you a map and you have lots of options. The question is, what level of awareness are you living at? Mm. And watching a podcast like this, listening to this, this is cultivating the awareness. Like, oh, now that you mentioned it, I could have taken the high road with my brother. I could have just stopped arguing. I could have walked out of the room. I could have been able to ask him, are you okay? Rather than, you know, I have free will in that moment after it's over. Sometimes it takes a long time before you realize, wow, my impulse, like your point about Moon and Aries, after it's over, I go, "Uh, that wasn't the high road. (laughs) Can you forgive me? Oh my God. It it takes everything in me to go back in and say, I'm sorry, but that's such a good teaching. And there's your lesson. And that's yeah. the series, And that's what happens. You learn the gift for all of you. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I missed you. I need help. Please forgive me. These are all the sentences that are so hard to do. Can we start mm. again? All those words, those sentences for any fire personality or speedy Aries, or I mean, Gemini, people that are fast. And then the slower ones have to be able to say, I'm sorry for judging myself. I really hold myself back. I'm so self-conscious. 
please, I forgive myself for being so hard on myself. That's another door. So there's high roads for everything. Mm. I love it. I I feel Mm. like I, I want more and more people to integrate the language of astrology so that they can know themselves. And wouldn't it be amazing? It would. I want, like you said, I want everyone at school as a child to have their birth chart just taped to the desk. And so when the teacher walks by, forehead, and you can, in this yeah. and you can only see it if you've got the eyes to see it. So it's not like blaring. But if you guys would walk up and go, oh, you're a Gemini, I like you. Mm. You know, it was so funny. I recently had a waitress who walked up to us and she had three uh, planetary symbols or astrological symbols tattooed in like one, two, three order. And I knew that immediately that meant um, sun, moon, rising. And I started to treat her as such. And then at the end, we had we had such a beautiful connection. She's actually meeting me this week. She's such a beautiful soul. And she was like, we had such a beautiful connection. I was like, obviously, because you're a Gemini. And it's so funny because she said, how, do you, how did you know? And I said, you have a tattoo right <laughs> on your forearm. <laughs> it's so Gemini. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I put it right there. <laughs> I wish we all could tattoo on our bodies, our sun, moon, and rising, and we knew how to get along because of it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're really... I'm so grateful for your love for astrology, Gina. I can't wait to hear about your level one. Our school yes. starts twice a year in January and September. We have It starts again in January. We have the most amazing teachers, and it's the best foundation you can get. And I'm happy to come back on your show, but I have to go now. All right. Thank you so <laughs> Thank you much, so Deborah, much. for being here. I mean, it was so powerful. And I think if anything, what this episode did for me, and I hope our listeners, is again, instill that deep sense of trust that don't worry, mm. there's something else higher than you that's orchestrating this. It's not all up to you. But yes, you can make those decisions and take the high road as most often as you can. Thank you. Thank you for synthesizing. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Sam. Thank You're you. amazing. Bye, Deborah. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and a review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. And we lovingly invite you to join our free Spiraling Higher community by clicking the link in the show notes to continue this healing dialogue and share with us how this episode impacted you. Come on in, introduce yourself, and meet your conscious besties in a safe space for healing conversations between us and other like-minded people on their healing journey. Here's to spiraling higher.